And let's begin with a word of prayer. We need to go before God. Father God, we thank you tonight for the mighty ministry of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we pray you'll have your way tonight. That you'll speak through this vessel in divine power and authority. God, may your people, ears be open and eyes be open by way of the Holy Spirit, by the way of the light of the Holy Spirit tonight. I pray that Jesus Christ would be revealed by way of the word. And Father God, that you would be glorified above all in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. I want to begin in Psalms 23. We want to get right into the word tonight. We've been talking the last few weeks about the willingness of God to bless his people. With divine abundance. With a divine overflow of his power and anointing. This is indeed, I really believe, our season for that. I really believe this is the season for manifestation to those who trust God and are willing to believe the promises of God. Uh, we found out through study of the word that God is not the one holding back. He who spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? That's our, that's our uh, portion in in the uh, anointing and in the covenant. In Psalms 23, David makes a divine statement. He says, thou preparest a table before me. God prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. The power of the Holy Ghost is the oil of God. That's our portion in our generation. We claim that. We will experience that. We will experience the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God in every area of our life. Any bondage that you may be in, any problem that you may be going through, God says there's an anointing of the power of the Holy Ghost to set you free forever. Hallelujah. So the anointing oil of God is ours. He anoints my head with oil. And the Bible says, David says, my cup runneth over. That ought to be our expectation. Our cup runneth over. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Let's go there. Deuteronomy chapter 8. God, we used some of these scriptures last week and I just want to go over them again tonight. Because they're powerful, powerful scriptures in terms of experiencing the overflow of God. Which all of us should want. Which all of us should be believing for. This is our season, again, for manifestation, where God wants to do miracles, signs, and wonders in your life. Can I get an amen? amen. This is our portion. Psalms, uh, Deuteronomy 8, verses 7 through 9. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land. Somebody say a good land. A land of brooks and of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley. It's all talking about prosperity. A land that flows out of wheat and barley and vines and fig leaves and pomegranates. A land of olive oil and honey. And finally, verse 9 says, A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarcity. Unlimited supply. Somebody say, unlimited supply. 
Thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron and whose hills thou mayest dig brass. Let's look at verse 13 of that same uh, chapter. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, notice it doesn't say if, it says when. It says when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold is multiplied, that's talking about your bank accounts. God wants you to have abundance. He gives us, the Bible says, power to give. Well, we're going to see that in a minute. When your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied. Glory to God. Let's jump down to verse, thir- uh, verse 13, verse 18, excuse me. But thou shalt remember the Lord your God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Hallelujah. He wants us wealthy. That should be our expectation. He wants us with a full supply. Deuteronomy 28, let's go there. Chapter 28. We're priming the pump tonight, amen? I say we're priming the pump tonight, amen? For the divine prosperity of God to manifest in our life. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God, and to observe and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord your God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. That's what the church is supposed to be. Lifted up, experiencing things that the world is not experiencing. Prospering in dark days. You know, when uh, it was dark in the land of Egypt, there was light in Goshen, hallelujah. And it might be dark out there in the world, and they may be prophesying different things about the world, but that's not our portion, hallelujah. Our portion is a divine abundance. Our portion is the very best that God has to offer by way of covenant relationship, hallelujah. This is our portion. The Bible says, and all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. The great pastor, good luck, you should always say, may the blessing of God overtake you and may you never recover. May you never recover. Hallelujah. I re- how many of y'all received that tonight? You don't want to recover. A lot of times when the curse comes on people, they don't recover. Not so with us. When the blessing comes upon us, we don't recover. Hallelujah. And all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God. Verse 13 of that same chapter. And the Lord shall make you the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only. I like how the scripture says that. It says you're you're only supposed to be above only. On top, hallelujah. Experiencing God's best, hallelujah, in our generation. Thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not be beneath. I'm not going to preach no beneath. I'm going to preach the above only. Amen. I'm going to preach the covenant blessings of God. I'm going to preach that we've been redeemed from the curse. Christ being made a curse for us. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. That's our portion. Thou shalt be above only and not beneath. If thou shalt hearken. So you've got to listen to what God says. I got to pay attention to the word of God. I got to hear what God says concerning 
this divine overflow. And I got to be willing to embrace the message because this is the way that we enter in. Israel did not enter in. They limited God. But the Bible says there remains a rest for the people of God. There is a divine rest. Somebody say, well, when I get to heaven, I'll rest. True enough, when we get to heaven, we're going to experience it beyond where my, my mind can comprehend. But there is a place in God that you can experience God's best here on earth. The only thing that separates us from a heaven on earth experience is our, is our carnal thinking and our minds and our flesh. But God wants us to walk in these blessings now. He wants us to walk in the power of God unlimited now. And Israel, in their generation, they limited God. God had so much more for them, but because of their idolatry and their unbelief, they never experienced what God really wanted them to experience. God wanted them to be an example to the whole world of the goodness of God and the power of covenant relationship with God. But Israel would never walk in that blessing uh, on a regular basis. It would always be interrupted because of this idolatry and this unbelief. But I speak tonight, and I confess tonight, that will not be our portion. We're going forward, and we're going to walk in the continual flow of the overflow. Hallelujah. Because this is the will of God for us in our generation. I'm convinced of it. I'm convinced that God is not holding any of the blessings back, but the church must grow up. And begin to embrace what God says about us. We must begin to embrace what God says concerning the new creature reality. That we are different. We are other. We are separated. We've been sanctified and glorified in the spirit. To receive everything that God has prepared for us by way of the cross of Christ. And by way of the power of his resurrection. This is our portion and this is our season for it. But again, we want to look at Israel and how they forfeited the blessing. Let's go to uh, Numbers chapter 14. We visited this before, but I want to visit it again because it just shows us that God wanted to bless these people, but they refused to believe. It says here in uh, Numbers 14 and verse 2. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole, the Bible says the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would God that we had died in the wilderness? And wherefore had the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey, were it not better for us to return unto Egypt? And they said to one another, let us make us a captain and let us return to Egypt. They refused to go into the land. But God was willing for them to go into the land. 
that's that's a concept we must grasp. They did not experience the blessing, but it was not because God was not willing for them to experience the blessing. It was totally 100% God's will for them to experience the fullness of covenant relationship with him. The old covenant was a powerful covenant. Everything that God promised to Abraham, that was their portion. God wanted them to experience it, but they refused to experience it because of unbelief and because of idolatry. They limited God. Israel was satisfied with the curse. And too much of the time, the church has been satisfied with the curse. When the Bible constantly tells us and reminds us over and over that we've been redeemed from it. There must be a defiance mentality in us that refuses anything except the blessing. We have to become people who understand what's ours and be willing to submit ourselves to the word of God and resist any force that tries to separate us from the blessing. There will always be opposition, but don't let the opposition fool you. That opposition is simply there to try to stop you from going forward. But if you will refuse to be refused, you can experience the thing that God has placed in your heart, in your generation, the call that he has upon your life, the blessing that he has for you and your family. You can experience it by way of the power of the Holy Ghost through faith in the word of God. It's always God's will to bless his people. Somebody say amen to that, but I tell you what, it's like this here. We got to get to the point where it's just not a church thing. Where we believe it out there on the street. Where we believe it on our jobs. Where we believe it everywhere we go. That we are truly the light of the world. Hallelujah. Just like Jesus said we were. He wants to use us. He wants to do great things through the church, but the church has to be willing. And Israel was not willing in a lot of times in their generations. Let's go to Matthew chapter 23. And this is Jesus talking. And he's talking to the Pharisees, but he's really talking to the whole nation of Israel. He says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Thou that killest the prophets and stoneth them which are sent unto thee. They stoned the prophets, they killed the prophets, the ones who were bringing the covenant word. Then Jesus says something very interesting. He says, often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you would not. He says, I, I, I wanted you to experience divine intimacy with me all through the old covenant. God wanted Israel to experience him on these levels that I'm talking about tonight. 
But Jesus said, but they would not. They would always refuse it. They would go so far and they would refuse it and begin to reject the blessing of God. They would get right on the precipice of the blessing, right on the edge of the blessing, but they'd always go backwards. How many of y'all know we're not going backwards in the name of Jesus? We're going to go forward in the name of Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit. He says in verse 38, Behold, your house is left desolate. It wasn't supposed to be that way. Their house was left desolate because they would not obey God and they would not believe the promises of God. How many of y'all know these things are received by faith? Everything that I'm talking about tonight is yours and mine, but I have to receive it by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. The things that are, the challenges that come against us, the giants that we face, they're simply things that are there trying to steal our blessing. But when we walk by faith in the power of this covenant, we cannot be defeated. I said we cannot be defeated. Because this word cannot fail. I'm convinced of it. I'm convinced that the word of God cannot fail. We fail because we fail to believe it. And God is raising, getting us to that place where we're, he's transforming our thinking. I really believe that. He's transforming our thinking. He's making us sharp, threshing instruments with teeth, hallelujah, strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Walking in this world has lights for his kingdom glory. Overcoming giants, more than conquerors, hallelujah. Doesn't matter what we face, we're going to overcome it in this season. There will be no casualties in this season. I speak it in the name of Jesus. They were living under the curse, but again, I want to stress it, it was never God's will for them to experience it. He wanted them to overcome. What was God's will for Israel then? I think a good picture of it is Solomon's dynasty. Israel for a period experienced God's best and they lived in the overflow. If you studied Solomon and the beginning of his reign as king, this guy was operating in a power and a blessing that the world had never seen before. He was experiencing covenant blessing in divine abundance. And God, and how many of y'all know it was the will of God for it? It was God's will for him to do that. And I really believe that God is wanting the same thing for the church. He wants us to experience the overflow of covenant relationship with him through Jesus Christ. Through our faith in him and through our faith in the covenant. Radically transforming our thinking, bringing us into a place where we really and truly trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. When I say trust in the Lord, I'm talking about trusting in what the word says. When God says you're blessed, you can't be cursed. The curse may try to come against you and upon you, but you in the name of Jesus can resist it. 
A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. That has to be your mentality in this season. Because when you preach this way, let me tell you, when I preach this way, the devil comes and he challenges me. And I tell you what, as long as I stay in that place of divine faith, I've always experienced deliverance. This is what I'm, what I'm preaching to you is something that I live, that I've lived. I'm not just preaching something that out of my mind. I'm preaching something that, I, that I've lived ever since I've been a Christian. And it's like, I don't know, God has called me to preach this kind of message. And I've had to experience some kickback because of it. So when you hear preaching like this, expect the devil to show up. But don't be intimidated by him. Let him know that you know what belongs to you. And he'll back up every single time. He simply has to. He knows it. Like I said, Solomon experienced that divine blessing of Abraham's covenant in a mighty, mighty way. And I want to, I want to go to Second Chronicles and look at something here. It's the word that sets us free. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 16. This is God talking to Solomon and all of Israel. And he's speaking to us too tonight. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house. God says, I chose Israel, and at this moment, I want to sanctify the house. Talking about the temple. Jesus said about us in our generation, Father, sanctify them. We, how many of y'all know we are the house of God now? The Spirit of God dwells in us now. So he says, for now I have chosen and sanctify this house, that my name may be there forever. See, God is a, a forever God. He just doesn't want to bless us for a period of time. He wants to bless us throughout the eons of eternity. He's serious about it too. But he has to find a people who are serious about it also. Who will take him at his word. That nothing shall be impossible unto us through him. That my name may be there forever, and my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually, unending, all the time, in the, in the good times and in the bad times. He says, my eyes are going to be there perpetually. Verse 17. And as for me, as for thee, if thou shalt walk before me, God talking to uh, Solomon, has David your father walked? And do according to all that I have commanded you and shall observe my statutes and my judgments. Then I will establish your throne, the throne of your kingdom, according as I have covenant with David, your father. There shall not fail a man to be ruler in Israel. So, again, God speaks to Solomon a perpetual unending blessing. It's his, because God has spoken. 
as long as Solomon follows the word of God, believes the word of God, embraces the word of God, and stays in love with the living God. Amen? A continual overflow of his great favor, of God's great favor was Solomon's at that moment because God spoke it. I, say, I submit to you tonight, a continual flow of God's overflow is yours in the name of Jesus if you'll believe the word tonight. If you don't, if you, if you not think that this is a word for, just for your neighbor, but it's a word for you. That God's willing to take you to a new level in terms of intimacy, in terms of his presence, if you're willing to believe that the blood of Jesus is most powerful. Hallelujah. It cleanses us. It makes us holy. It sanctifies us. It takes us out of the flesh into the spirit realm. Hallelujah. This is what we have to believe. And I wrote this down in my notes and I, it says, I wrote it here that I'm supposed to say this. No one had to talk God into any of this. Think about it. God himself initiated this type of conversation with this man. Nobody had to talk God into this overflow of blessing to Solomon. This was something that was in his heart, and his heart has not changed. He still wants his covenant people to experience him on this level, if we'll believe it. Free from sickness and disease. Free from fear. Free from any bondage. We have been set free, but we got to believe it. Let's go to 1 Kings. And let's see what Solomon did in terms of positioning himself for this type of overflow. First Kings chapter three, verse three. The Bible says Solomon loved the Lord. Very important. He had a Love for God. He had a desire for God. He had a, 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 a desire for intimacy with God. That cannot be overlooked. He had a real affection for God. Somebody might say, well, I just don't have that. I just don't have that, 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 that love for God. Well, the devil is a liar. You got love for God because he, he, he placed his love within your reborn spirit. How many of y'all know we walk by faith and not by feelings? So you have love on the inside of you. You have the agape love of God dwelling on the inside of you. So you can love God on a level that Solomon could not. Hallelujah. So you have, we have been positioned there to love God so we can experience that. Walking in the statutes of David, his father, only he sacrificed and the burnt incense in the high places. So he walked in obedience, just like David walked in obedience for a period of time. Now, of course, we know that toward the end of his ministry, he started getting into idolatry. But in the beginning, 
as long as he was flowing with God, as long as he was walking in obedience with God, he experienced everything that God wanted him to experience. Just like David, his father, experienced in his generation. So our expectation should be the divine presence of God and the divine blessings of God as long as we are positioned in that way. Our love for God and our walking in the obedience of the word of God. Now, I'm going to talk about just for a second saying you want to be blessed in your finances. How many of y'all want to be blessed in your finances? That should be everybody. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. We got to develop a heart to give. If you're not tithing, you need to start tithing. Amen. We, see, in order to break free of the curse of lack and poverty and all those, that sort of thing, we have to obey what God says. We have to really and truly do it consistently. I had read somewhere and heard somewhere, and I don't know, but they said the majority of Christians don't tithe. That it's just a small percentage. Now, at this church, it's different. I, speak, I say it's different here at this church in the name of Jesus. But the average Christian does not pay their tithe on a regular basis. And because of that, lack and poverty continues to hound them. It continues to be their portion. But the minute we change our mind and begin to operate according to the statutes that God has established in terms of biblical prosperity, we will experience the blessing. It's going to happen. It has no choice. The windows of heaven are open unto us when we do that. So we have to make first things first. We have to be, become obedient in these areas if we want the blessing to manifest. Amen. Because we're fooling ourselves if we don't. Amen. So I should expect the blessings of God in that, in that respect to manifest in my life. Job 36, 11 says, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Let's examine that for a minute. If they obey and serve God, God says, because of their obedience, they're going to spend their days in divine prosperity. In the overflow, in the fullness of covenant blessing, and their years in divine pleasure. You can't beat that. That's a promise from God Almighty if we will obey and serve him. So I cannot live, I'm going to put it this way, a raggedy Christian life and expect to be blessed. I can't. Living in sin, I I can't do it. And still think that God's going to bless my life to the degree that he wants to. It hinders God. So if we're living in sin, get out of it. Get over where the blessing is. Experience that. Because everything that, that, that the sin that we live in, all it is is bondage. And all it's doing is keeping us away from the blessing. 
So if they obey and serve, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. So that should be our expectation when we begin to obey God. Let's look at verse 4 of First uh, Kings chapter 3. And the king went to Gibeon and sacrificed there. But that was the, the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon the altar. So he began to worship God with these offerings. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I shall give you. That's an awesome thing right there. That God would appear to this guy in a dream and he, he would present himself that way. He says, whatever you want, you can have it. That's an amazing encounter right there. He says, ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy. According as he has walked before you in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. So David was an example to Solomon on how to live holy before the Lord. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. But notice what Solomon asked for. He says, and now, O Lord, my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father. I am but a little child. I know not how to go out and I don't know how to come in. So we see that there's some humility there. He understands that God has given him an awesome assignment, but he doesn't know the first thing to do. He says, I don't know how to go out. And I don't know how to come in. When you come to God like that and let him know that you are totally unqualified for that thing, for that blessing, it, 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 it melts God's heart. He sees the humility in Solomon. He says, I don't know how to go out and I don't know how to come in. Don't worry about whether or not you have the ability. God will give you the ability. God will place upon you an anointing to fulfill your divine destiny. Whatever he has spoken to you in your prayer time, in your quiet time, in your heart, know that the God of the universe will back it up. He'll back you up. He'll anoint you. He'll give you an anointing to finish the work. Whatever he has placed in your heart. Don't be intimidated by your lack of natural qualifications. God, there's an anointing that God will place upon you that will enable you to walk and go in and possess every inherited blessing. Hallelujah. He says, and thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Then verse 9 says, give therefore your servant an understanding heart, to judge your people, that I may discern both good and bad, for who is able to judge this so great a people? So he asked for a good thing. Verse 10, and the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. So God says, that is a, a request 
that, that touches his heart. Verse 11, And God said to him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither have you asked riches for thyself, nor has asked the life of your enemies, but has asked for thyself understanding and discernment, and discern, ju- discern ju- judgment. Behold, I have done according to your words. Lord, I have given you a wise heart and an understanding, a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. Hallelujah. And I have also given unto you that which thou hast not asked both riches and honor, so that there shall not be among the kings like unto thee, unto thee all thy days. So God, in his wisdom and in his power and in his covenant relationship, has decided to bless Solomon with a divine overflow. Again, nobody had to talk God into that. God saw his heart. And he then released to him the overflow blessing. I submit to you tonight, God sees your heart tonight. God is circumcising your heart tonight. And he's about to give you that overflow because now he knows he can trust you with it. He knows he can trust you with the blessing. He's bringing, he's he's maturing us and causing us to have the right attitude and the right motive for the anointing. Hallelujah. And everything that he has promised you in your secret place. And again, when I say your secret place, I'm talking about that place where you and God get alone and God begins to speak to you things that your natural mind might normally reject. But when he begins to speak to you those things, don't reject those things. God is serious. God is serious. He wants to impregnate us. With a divine destiny, hallelujah. And he wants us to give birth to that in this season. In this season. We're going to see multitudes upon multitudes upon multitudes come down this aisle and give their life to Jesus Christ. Because of the anointing upon your life. Hallelujah. Everything that God has promised you is going to come to pass in this season. If you can keep your eyes on Jesus, it'll come to pass in this season. So this is the overflow. This is the heart of the Father. Let's go to Luke chapter 12. I think I'll close there. Luke chapter 12. Verse 28. If then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be ye doubtful of mine. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that you have need of these things. Here it is, verse 31. Rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. Then he says here in verse 32, and I'll close here. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure 
to give to you the kingdom. It's the Father's heart, hallelujah. He desires to lavish his people with the power of the Holy Ghost. And experience covenant relationship with him because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We need to meditate on the power of the blood that makes us able to enter in to all of this. Jesus has gone before us that we might experience this. He said, don't be afraid, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure. Don't back up. Go forward. And be determined to experience what God has for you. Stand to your feet. Father, we thank you tonight for the cross and for the power of your resurrection. We thank you, Father God, that we can dwell in the secret place of the Most High. We don't have to just visit there. We can dwell there. We can actually live there, Lord. Because you have invited us there. This is the blessing of Abraham in made manifestation. This is what Jesus died that we could experience. And that is you. This is eternal life. Hallelujah. That we might know you, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom thou hast seen. So we worship you tonight. We open our hearts to you tonight. We're believing you, God, every word of your covenant tonight. And we bless you and we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray it. Amen. And amen. Our portion is what God says is ours. In the name of Jesus. You may be dismissed. Thank you.